Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another interview. I have a special guest with us today. Claire Kim from Buzz with Claire. Welcome, Claire. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I met Claire online, actually, in an entrepreneur group, and we started chatting, and I asked if she would be so kind as to do an interview with me so you guys could learn from her um, because she is a hybrid buzz strategist, and I will let you explain what that is, Claire. Um, hybrid buzz, um, it's not like Wikipedia official or anything. At least, <laughs> that, that, like, that's my 2017 goal, but um, hybrid buzz in a nutshell, it came out um, back in my consulting days where like, where, like, where a lot of my clients would come put it in the um, prospective clients or clients will come to me and say, Claire, I want to grow online presence, but I have no idea what to do with it. I think I'm going to, I think I need a PR, like, I think I need PR efforts. And then I'm like, okay. But the, th- but the thing is sometimes like what they want versus what they need doesn't always align all together. So, and then a lot of these like so-called PR projects ended up becoming a combination of both social media, branding, um, traditional marketing, um, affiliate marketing, sponsorships, all the fun stuff. So everything was just, combined all together and and like and then I was like you know what everything's super hybrid it's really um like it's really about so hybrid buzz is really about helping you to um grow your online presence basically grow your personal brand with all forms of channel possible although if you're slightly more familiar with um, digital marketing jargon then I would say it's like it's very very close to growth hacking okay yeah so uh, growth hacking <laughs> is probably a term not everybody knows. Um, so basically what you're saying is using multiple kinds of platforms and ways to get your message out into the world and to have a presence yeah. to be seen. Yeah. At the same time, but like at the same time, accelerating the time that it's going to take in order for you to grow your yeah. um, social media presence and further on like your overall brand authority online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think about like a service-based business because that's a lot of who is listening like therapists and all sorts of different kinds of services Mm -hmm. and they want to grow their brand they want to be seen more Uh Uh, what do you think are some of the ways that people are doing that now that are really effective uh, one thing that I'm noticing with a lot of people was um, like, for, like first of all, um, I guess I like I guess I'll kind of flip it around a little bit to give a different perspective because I find that it's better to point out the mistakes. I know that most people are most people listening to the broadcast are plot and stream or whatever word yeah. terminology you want to use um, isn't exactly doing all these, but I feel that it's really important because we sometimes need reminders. Um, for example, um, like, go, like going into going into social media platform for the first time, but I'm like not like not even warming up to your audience. All of a sudden, just asking people to hey, follow me, and then they follow you, and then you're like, hey, um, book five hundred dollar session with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? That's um. Um, like actually, my actually my sales coach was using the analogy: selling is like is that, like selling or like really marketing is like dating. You it have is. to talk to people first, but um, cold invites like that they don't really work out. So that's like the 
first mistake that really prevents people from like really rapidly growing their presence because like and like because the people buy from people, especially service providers. And in case of therapists, um, it's very um high touch service. You have to know the then you have to know who whomever you're. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not exactly. <laughs> no, it's that's actually a good thing. I love it. That's why I have you on here. <laughs> I just hope the terminologies that I use, I hope it's you know. Online. Anyway, so for example, um, some of your clients or patients, um, like a lot of the therapist works are very, very high touch. Like, you, like the clients want to get to know you. Clients want to make sure that you're not, um, may I dare say, um, sketchy, yeah. or um, they like they want to make sure that you're like you're someone that they can trust. And then the cold inviting like that doesn't work. So flip approach to that. Mm-hmm. Get to know them, warm up to them, say hello to them. I mean, if you can surprise them pleasantly with like, um. For, like, for example freebies are always nice everyone loves free stuff um foods are nice too but i don't think <laughs> if you're um, trying to grow your online presence although depending on social media platforms or depending on whatever content graphic you want to use and if you're let's tie them together that's always super nice too and another thing about growing online presence is like I like I find that a lot of the online business owners or people that are trying to branch off and branch into online, one thing this very detrimental mistake that they make is they're not really strategic about it. So um, let's say, um, like, I'm going to bring in my musician brand as an example because this is a mistake that I've made. I'm just going to admit it flat out. I messed up. I made this mistake too. So if you find, like, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I okay, I'm not sure what she mean was strategic, but I don't think I'm doing it right. It's okay. You're not alone. <laughs> it happened to me too. <laughs> so I learned it the hard way. Um, so for example, me as, a, me, as, me as my musician brand, my target audience is, well, fellow millennials because my branding is all about, um, my brand as a musician is all about like basically someone that, like someone that's like your best friend, like that girl, like that girl that you, and like see around school and then you kind of just talk to her about everything but she's not exactly like the cheerleader type either that's the type of branding i have so um for example i'm like maybe i shouldn't be on platforms like i'm trying like i'm trying to think of a good platform that i really want to try but i didn't um for example snapchat i probably shouldn't be on snapchat because my millennial friends might not be on snapchat or they might be but they might be using dog filters but um like to kind of transition that into therapists i'm just trying to give um examples yeah viewers um for example if you're a therapist that works with people from like the specific demographics so let's say you're a therapist that works with women in their 30s to 50s and the women that you work with are corporate managers super highly educated happily married um have two kids and three dogs and a home something like that so if you're working with those type of people maybe me just i'm just throwing it out here but maybe like um snapchat isn't a good platform for you no it's not (laughs) because um because snapchat is still like dominated by millennials or for example what if you're a therapist that work with men men are probably not on pinterest you see what I mean? So you kind of have to, so like whatever efforts that you make in order to be visible online, you can't just say, okay, well, my daughter is on Busker live and like live stream, which is a new live streaming app that um, only certain people are on it. But for example, my daughter's on Busker and her friends are using it. So I should use it too. No, 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 no. If your target audience isn't there, 
or if you don't know how to use it, like, yes, don't bother. I am like, I actually have a framework, um, that I, like, framework that I, um, have. I'm not sure if I should, um, but anyways, it's like one of the, like, the integral part of the framework that I have is that, um, I always tell people if, like, the, it's not, it's like eliminating question. If you don't know how to use it, and if your target audience is not on it, don't bother. Like, say goodbye to that platform. Um, I don't. Like, you can use it on your personal time, but not for your business. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, even if you don't know how to use it, mm -hmm. maybe if that is where your ideal client is is at, be willing to learn it. Yep, exactly. And, not, and get help from it. Yeah, get help and support because there's lots of people that will train on different platforms for. Oh yeah, support. for sure. Yeah. So in terms of like our approach of it being like, how do we build trust and where, what tools we use? Well, what platforms we use in order to reach our ideal client. Those are very important. Can mm -hmm. you talk about, okay, so you have this interesting piece of like PR mm -hmm. and can you talk about how those things connect like social media and PR? Um, social media and PR connects because, well, simply because technology has evolved to a point where everything just got super, super jumbled up. Uh, and then before PR used to be this, um, like, uh, like, and then a lot of us have the stigma as well, where PR is like PR equals, um, be, like being, like being, um, on, like being, like being live on NBC, Fox, yeah, their national TVs. And then you need to spend like $50,000 on a publicist with no guarantee of you being placed and you need to have a billboard and it caught like the next thing, like the next thing, you know, like you're like, you're like, you have to put me out and like, you have to sell your house in order to pay for your PR efforts. That, at least that's the stigma that we have. Um, but thanks to how technology has evolved and thanks to how PR is really all about how you're like, how your audience like sees you and how you interact with the public that at least that's how I define PR myself. And because of that, well, how audience sees you on social media, like, because like in a way like social social media is very very public so social media and PR really really aligns together and a lot of the and then if um the, in the last few years there has been a very very rapid growth of like these magazines um these online TV shows um live streaming and all the fun stuff that can be leveraged as I like I call it the brave new world of PR almost so they integrate really well together in that sense yeah. So let's say there's a therapist listening that has a book or a product or something and they want to market it out there mm -hmm. and they've always just kind of, they have their business, but now they have this thing that they want mm -hmm. to get out to consumers mm -hmm. in terms of like PR and social media, where do you see that going in terms of, cause it used to be like you had a book, you have a agent, you have all this stuff, but now we can do a lot on our own. Right. So mm -hmm. What, what do you see in terms of ways to go about launching products? Launching products. That's a really good question. Um, one of the, like one, like one of more my recent consulting clients, that's something that we worked on together to give a little bit of background story. Um, this was co-author team that are also university professors. So PhD. Mm -hmm. So they, like, they have really, really great presence offline, but they uh -huh. have no presence online. So, but actually I find that that's like the best situation because you can always like convert the offline presence to online, online to offline. It doesn't really work out that way. Interesting. Um, yeah. But that's what I noticed. So, um, what, what I did, what I did with them, um, no, we like I like I'm just gonna be straight up. No, we did not. We had pretty much no advertising budget. We didn't like we didn't do Facebook ads. We really just everything that we did were extremely, extremely, extremely organic. 
So um, in terms of social media platforms, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna allude back to the framework that I mentioned, but when like we went through the framework and then we we eliminated the social media platforms that shouldn't be their priority and the some social media platforms that should be their priority as well. We really um we really made sure that whatever content that we put out there and then how we're presenting ourselves online, it was priming people up for the book launch because um because when the the project that they hired me for the, was this was a relaunch of the book because the the first time they launched it, despite the fact that they had a top publisher backing them up, they had um, they had university funding that book, and heck, like heck, they like I said, they were very like, renowned academically. Further on internationally, they would go fly to seminars and speak and things like that. But their book didn't do very well, like at all. They 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 stood they and like when they brought me, they're like, we had pretty much no sales on the book, and this was honestly an ego roost because I have we have like thirty years of experience in academic field, and I'm like. That's way fine, but the world has changed. So, um, <laughs> really, really um, priming people up for content, and um, and then honestly, because of the budget restrictions, like I said, we didn't, we have pretty much no advertising budget. Um, so a lot of, um, so we really focus on the content, and then the whole content, like prime, like it was like two purposes. So prime the audience, so that. But um, like prime the audience so that by the time we announce the launch, and like and th- like they're gonna be okay. Well, this like this um, these people offered a lot of value to me already, and then really connect, really connecting with them emotionally, personally, and then we really um, I we like I would say we really really try to get into the audience's brain, the psyche, yeah, yeah, exactly. And therapists are super super good at that. <laughs> Yeah, like getting into getting into the clients and patients' brain, and the next thing I was like, "Wait, what? I don't know what happened. I don't know what you did, but it's like it's like magical. It's unicorns." Um, and as well, um, when the I think for the book launch, this was something that that's very very particular. But um, we get like we gave audience an incentive to like incentive to purchase a book on specific date. Um, now I think I might be going off on a little bit of a tangent, but with Amazon best with Amazon especially, um, one thing that you one one thing that works really in favor in terms of algorithm is if you like in the, if you like if there's a huge volume of purchase on like a certain date and now the certain date does it really depends but for example um um, compared to like on Amazon algorithm, let's say, and like I said, I'm going a little bit off tangent and okay. just turning to book marketing talk. But considering uh, considering a lot of listeners are therapists hoping to launch a book one day, here's some nugget for you. So nice. Um, yeah. So like compared to let's say you selling like ten books a day, ten books a day, ten books a day, ten books a day. Yeah. Even though your total volume might be higher, like overall, it's not gonna like, on the chart performance. At least on Amazon algorithm, it's gonna be like your your chart performance is gonna be less compared to let's say Amazon. Um, like basically all of a sudden like splurge of like five hundred books being purchased at once because how Amazon algorithm works and like um, it's like predictive analytics almost. Now this is like the thing kicking in, but <laughs> so well, but this is why people get specialists yeah. because I think. Like what we're saying, like if you're going to use a platform, for example, you have a product, you know, you want to sell it on Amazon. Yeah. Totally understand Amazon. I sell on Amazon and I understand like when the algorithm changes, we all freak out and then we're all trying to scramble and learn. So sometimes this is where having someone come in that understands the platform can really help you navigate some of these things so that you can hack the algorithm, which is basically for those of you like algorithm, 
these platforms have different kinds of formulas by which they determine ranking or findability of items or things like, and every platform has this Facebook has it, you know, all of them. And so each one is different and unique and for different reasons, they do different things. And so that's kind of what Claire's saying. Like, yeah. You gotta know how to how it works best so that you yep. get featured, so that you're put in the best sellers list instead of yep. even though you are a great seller, mm -hmm. Amazon doesn't miss you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, like, like especially online because the online world is like online world is super. But thank you for putting me back on tangent. By the way, no, no, I'm just helping summarize for people that like. Yeah, it was, it was a great summary. I'm like, wow, eloquent <laughs> 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 about it. Wow. Um, but anyways, like with online world because it's super super big. Um, I know people say it all the time, but it's really really big. So it's really um. And like, and then, like, and then there are so many talented people out there trying to branch into online. Um, like the whole, like, like, like the whole hundred percent. Like, content is gold. My content and my values, all that matters. No, it's not all that matters. You need to be super smart about it. You have to be strategic about it. You have, you have to be able to understand the algorithm. You have to be able to understand. Okay. Yeah. Like how can I like how can I make technology work in my favor yeah. so that my super super great content can be pushed up on like like pushed up on the newsfeed or pushed up on the like live like live stream or whatever so that I can get more eyeballs on the content so that people can look at it and be like where have you been all my life like yeah. It's like amazing. This is the best thing since sliced bread or sliced cheese. <laughs> but that's why I think I think that's something I would just want to highlight that Claire's giving you guys a nugget here as well. That when you have content, there's two things. It could be that you provide a lot of value, but your strategy is off. Mm -hmm. Or it could be that your strategy is on point and what mm -hmm. you're offering doesn't resonate with your ideal client. But you need to have systems in place in order to be able to determine that, mm -hmm. you know, so how do you know? So this is kind of like what you're saying, like, if you're selling, but you're not getting in front of this mass kind of big launch kind of way, then it, it, you know, this is how you're going to determine. So what happened with the books that launched the academic book? Um, bestseller in three categories. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> And so th this is a great point of like, they didn't have strategy before, but that didn't mean that what they had to offer wasn't amazing. It they, just, they already, they already had an amazing, yeah. they needed a strategy. But so. could you imagine how they like been like, well, we quit. Like it didn't, it, we had one launch and didn't work out and we give up. And then, but they just changed the strategy and were yeah. able to like recover. Yeah. I love, I love that aspect of like, you don't have to give up so quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some like sometimes all it takes is time, and sometimes like it's just um, like I mean this is an unfortunate thing to say, but sometimes it's not really the best time. Um, like when like when we decided to re like when we decided to relaunch the book, like the like there um for example the the book was released like at the end of two thousand fifteen. It was the beginning of two thousand fifteen. I don't remember the exact publishing date, but even in two thousand fifteen, there hasn't really been um like at least from what I've been seeing, there hasn't really been a lot of people that were wanting to branch into like female entrepreneurship and things like that but in like but towards 2016 like there has been a little bit more rapid like there has been a little bit of more people and then more traction towards the topic and then especially um 
like, I, I guess I could tie it to current trends as well. If like, golden nugget right here, if you're able to tie whatever your content into current trends, do mm-hmm. it. Although I suggest avoid, although I suggest avoiding politics. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can be hit or miss, but for example, um, I'm going to bring Canadian politics in here, but. Oh yeah. Class um, in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, us from yeah, so the, like the book, um, one of the things that they really discussed was gender wage gap and then how female, like, like um, prospective female entrepreneurs were using, or like, were really fed up with it and then the statistics behind why and all that, um, all the great stuff. Um, the book is very academically dense, unfortunately, but um, like there wasn't there, like there came a huge burst of the discussion on like gender wage gap and female empowerment, um, like what like, equal rights within workplace when like back in 2015 after Canadian federal election when our prime minister decided to um, have gender equal like gender equal cabinet so like they, like basically all the like all the ministers or I'm not sure how would how it would be called in states but basically all the top shots and top shots in federal politics were gender balanced and that really sparked the discussion as to when they and, they, and then really spotlighted the um, issue on gender wage gap and then they were really able to use that as one of the selling pieces especially when they're speaking to people because timing that's i mean yes yeah timing like they were doing the same presentation before in 2000 like at the beginning of 2015 nobody cared and uh, and like and then all of a sudden like the whole entire like whole media and like the whole media and even canadian post all of a sudden working in their favor and then really aligning with their topics next thing you know they're speaking on these topics and everyone's just like Relevant. They, they became more relevant for yeah. during that time. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, some, like sometimes there are like like the same thing needs to be said multiple times in a different way or multiple different channels. What do you think about tools to use in social media and automation? Automation. Okay. Um. Actually, oh my god, I love this topic. I'm probably going to be thinking about and I'll translate as needed. <laughs> um, okay, so basics of automation, depending on, although before I tell them, before I like go off on the tools, maybe I should give like a couple of preliminary questions that will help listeners to say, okay, am I able, like, am I really ready for automation? Because one thing with automation is, like, everyone thinks that automation, like, well, a lot of like a lot of um, business owners that are new in business or trying to branch into online or really heard of the term automation. One mistake, one like one stigma that they have is automation is this magical thing that saves some time. Um, I kind of beg to differ in a sense where automation takes heck of a lot of work from the at the beginning. You need to know you have to be able to outline the, for example, um, like if you're automating like email sequences, for example, then you need to be able to plan out like all these like 10 emails in advance and then plan them out and then say okay like two days after two days after and all that fun stuff so um if you're not writing like a if you need to know exactly what outcome you want and then one thing and the outcome you want and the out and then the process itself that you want the machine to repeat it for you a hundred times Mm-hmm. And as well, you need to um, like, ba- like basically, you need to be able to know the technical tools and the budgets as well. Because, like for example, if you're a new business owner, perhaps Infusionsoft isn't the best fit for you because it's going to be like thousand dollars a month. Now, I'm not saying it's not a great platform. It is certain. It certainly is. But if you need the like, if you need your um, 
tools to be able to repeat that process like 50 times maximum why spend thousand dollars a month right yeah Mm -hmm. so those are like preliminary questions but let's and so i'm pretty sure a lot of listeners listening to this are like okay i get i think i get it i get it then um the tools that you would use um the tools um, for example i like to use the tool zapier or ifttt i would say those two are like the most standard automation softwares um, and there was that, and then some things that people do automate, um, email marketing, which is like, um, email marketing, social media scheduling, social media management. Um, I like to go, like, I, what, one thing I also automate is my, I, you know, I automate my scheduler. I automate my um, business hub system. Um, Yes, and so there's a lot of things that you can automate, but it's really up for you to decide like which ones you want to automate and whether it is possible to automate. One indicator that I like to use is um, you can either go on Zapier and then just type in the tool that you want to automate or really sync together. For example, your automation sequence could be as simple as um, um, someone books an appointment with you on your Acuity scheduling scheduler um, or less a calendar scheduler and then you want them to be and um, you want it to be entered directly on your Excel sheet mm-hmm. like that. yeah so simple automation like that you can just you can just type it in for example Acuity scheduling on Zapier Calendly on Zapier and then if it, like, if it shows up and then it's going to show like trigger actions and all the fun stuff then it is possible to automate. Um, however, let's see, it doesn't show up in Zapier, but it says that you can integrate it with a lot of different platforms. Um, another, um, like another indicator to really look out for is API, um, autogram, uh, like automated programming integration. I'm not exactly sure about the acronym, but um, it is this magical thing where <laughs> Um, I call it a magical thing, but um, and like it's and like basically it really helps you. And like all the API and like API based platforms, like or platforms that with API function, I like I find them they really automate really well, or they can integrate with a lot of different platforms because that's what they're made for. So for <laughs> well, for anyone that's wondering what API is, think of it like a key in a door, and mm-hmm. one one kind of software wants to communicate with another software, mm-hmm. and so you give it the key. So it can open the door and communicate. Yes. So allows, <laughs> <That's> analogy ever. <laughs> so it just allows um, different softwares to communicate. Mm-hmm. I think um, for me, I think social media is great automated as well as as what I would say live in vivo. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's important to have a blend. Automation just kind of buoys mm-hmm. you know, when you're busy, or you know, so you can start to see what kind of content as it gets revolved around. Mm-hmm. What, what's really popular and stuff. But I think there is something about like what I think the root of everything you're saying so far comes mm-hmm. down to you need to have a strategy. Yes. Because how the heck are you going to know what to change or improve upon mm-hmm. if you're just like randomly putting posts in and never look at an- the analytics of it and never mm-hmm. check into things and, and yeah. really like having strategy is important and it's good to talk to others who can help you strategize. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So one of the things that you were going to offer people that are listening, can you talk about that? 
Yeah, for sure. So it is um, like so. It is my four-day email mini course. It's free. So um, and then what what this one does is the course is about guest posting. And if you are like if you are a listener that wants to web like leverage of traffic from these high public high public like high traffic publications, or if you really want to um, like basically basically boost up your um, like boost up your um presence online especially like on search engines or if you want to start filling up those um logos and then really leverage it for speaking engagements then guest posting is one of the um, most common most um effective strategies to use Mm -hmm. and this four like four day mini course goes over things from okay how do you pick the platform like from how to pick the platform what topics you want to write about even if you're not a writer that's one common mistake that i hear from a lot of people and trust me i'm on the same board too i am i don't consider myself a writer but i tell you exactly what to do if you're not a writer and it just eliminates all the excuse possible and also i talk about like how to find a right i said how to find the right outlet how to blah, blah blah and then further and then i really concluded by how to write a pitch in a way where it's going to get you yes because pitching is where a lot of people mess up and i do have to admit i when i first started out in my business and also my musician career i messed up as well you're not alone in this one but i learned from my mistakes and i'm teaching you how to do it right so that you don't make the same mistakes and it really accelerates the time that you get benefits yeah so this is one strategy you guys that i think a lot of therapists are now getting becoming more and more aware of first Mm -hmm. of all if we have a message that we think can help a global community Mm -hmm. you know some sort of elimination of mental health stigma or education in that sense yeah, we need to be in a place that has a global reach, and yeah, so exactly. one of the ways to do that is guest posting. And so, what mm-hmm. I love about this course is that it is strategy. So mm-hmm. that you guys aren't just like, "Well, I randomly submitted this, and I don't know what happened." But there is a process. Mm-hmm. There are people best practices, mm-hmm. and therapists we love best practices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're taught with, but mm-hmm. we don't always know how to apply it to social media and PR and what you would call growth hacking. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a great opportunity for therapists to learn from you mm-hmm. and to really like see it in action and to mm-hmm. implement and see what it does for them, which I think is very exciting. So thank you so much for doing that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a little bit about how, what people, where people can reach you or if they want to learn more from you? What's the best yeah, for sure. Um, the very best place to reach, I'll say, is my Facebook group. I hope that you're able to um, leave a link down below. I will, I will do all that. <laughs> And like, but and like, but also, if you do sign, if you do, um, if you do decide to take up on the free course offer, then the one of the like the welcome message that you're gonna get, you're probably gonna get, um, no, you know, you do get my link invitation to my Facebook group, as well. Um, there's also my website buzzoclair.com if you want to learn more about me. I don't have my puppy photos there yet. I should probably get on that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, thank you so much for doing this and just sharing just some, I mean, it's funny, like we can share stories, but you shared a lot of good nuggets in there. So <laughs> that's why I was like trying to stop you and say, you guys need to listen to this part. Um, you're so generous. So thank you so much, Claire, for sharing. And I'm going to put all the information in the post and in the podcast stuff so you guys can find her with ease. 
Um, and so let's start being more smart about our strategy and the way we get our message out there and it'll reduce your frustration guys. It'll make it. And, and time too, because usually yeah. like, business should be supporting your lifestyle not the other way around. You exactly. You have to be supporting your business. <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, we'll see you later. Thanks so much. Thanks for Bye. All right. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.